Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Insider Radio, The Jake and Josh Show is SB Nation's official podcast about your Miami Dolphins. Check out Finsider.com for more Miami Dolphins content and be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with us on Twitter. Jake can be found at jmendel94. Josh can be found at H-O-U-T-Z or just house. The show is made possible by Dolphins everywhere, so be sure to rate and comment, share your thoughts, and let us know how we are doing. Now, let's get on with the show. Victory Monday and Tuesday was fun, but we're on to Baltimore. Welcome in, folks, to a brand new episode of SB Nation's Finsider Radio, the Jake and Josh Show. We have a short week ahead with tomorrow's primetime game versus the Ravens. So without wasting any more of your time, let me welcome in the one, the only, Jake Mendel. How's it going today, Jake? Josh, this week seems to be flying right by. Obviously, it's because the Dolphins are playing on Thursday and every tra- everything you want to accomplish throughout the week just gets sandwiched into a couple days and with that in mind Josh we're doing podcasts on back-to-back days uh Tuesday and Wednesday and you said something yesterday that's been slowly eating at me we were talking about it for a minute before the show uh but when you mentioned like going back to you know the Charlie theories that's just kind of something we do on the show where you mentioned the fact that hey is this some sort of benching for the quarterback and I know this is something that everybody wants to keep talking about the quarterback but man I do want to just kind of bring up the fact that this has been eating at me because I continue to see highlights. I see clips of him like clapping on the sidelines, celebrating with people on the sidelines. And I just wonder what on earth is, is kind of happening here, especially when you consider the fact that uh, the dolphins under Brissett averaged like seven yards per pass attempt. And the dolphins wanted him out there to throw the deep ball. And if I remember correctly, the only deep ball he threw uh, was the interception when targeting Jalen Waddle. So man, Thank you for putting that into my head and, and having that kind of chew away at me for the last 24, 26 hours or so. So you basically been that meme that's laying in bed, you know, with your back, your shoulder yes. to your to your significant other, just looking on your phone, just thinking, you know, why isn't too too out there? Did I mean, the Dolphins bench Tua? Yeah, I, I mean, and, and I don't know. I mean, I hate that I brought it up, but I mean, you can't really go on Twitter without just seeing these theories. I mean, you see pictures of people posting like Tua with his arms around a fan or, you know, hugging a, a player at the end of the game and they're zoomed in on his finger. So um, obviously, I mean, we can't sit here and say what it's like to play with a fractured finger. I mean, nobody right. truly can. I mean, who knows how uncomfortable that is but when you hear that he's out there taking first team snaps pregame you know on the sideline I think before every for every drive I think I heard he was like you know throwing back and forth with Jacoby Brissett I mean uh it makes no sense and at what point you know like you said if he's out there because of that deep ball they don't even take the chance so it makes no sense I don't know man but we got what 24 hours still don't know who the Dolphins quarterback is but I think you and I can both agree right now it's kind of pointing towards Jacoby Brissett as Brian Flores mentioned in his press conference yesterday 
Yeah, Josh, and I wonder if we were having this conversation on the week, of, you know, normal Sunday game, if we'd still feel this doubtful about it. I just think the way the Dolphins kind of present things and talk about things, especially if Flores said that, you know, if the game was Tuesday night, it would be Brissett out there again. So, man, you're you're 100% right that I think that right now Jacoby Brissett seems like the guy, but we'll wait and see on that one. Josh, the Baltimore Ravens have been an absolute terror to the Miami Dolphins. Uh at least under Brian Flores and over the last 10 years or so, Baltimore has beaten Miami in each of the last three meetings, something I brought up uh, on our last podcast by scores of 59 to 10, 40 to zero and 38 to six. John Harbaugh is eight and one against the Dolphins. Miami's one win, however, was in Miami. So Josh, I mean, it seems like doomsday, especially when you have a two and seven team against a, a Baltimore team that is coming off a victory over the Vikings in which Minnesota looked exactly like the Miami Dolphins, a team that was playing, you know, not to lose instead of playing to win. And it, it seems like it's another situation where the Ravens are in a situation to give some Dolphins, uh, give the Dolphins some headaches come, you know, tomorrow night. Yeah, I think we're all going to be popping pills and trying to get rid of that headache because, I mean, um, I don't know, Jake, but for as long as I can remember, you know, the Ravens have been that Achilles heel, you know, has been one of those teams that you just hate playing against because, like you said, the Dolphins have not had any success. They're 10 and 6 all time, but have lost have only won two of their last 10 meetings. And I don't know if you remember, Jake, but 2007 when, uh, you know, Cleo Lemon hit Greg Camarillo in overtime. I mean, that was one of the those victories. And that just to think, you know, how just to think how far apart these two teams are. I mean, Baltimore has, you know, gone on to win Super Bowls. You know, they look like a juggernaut year after year. And, um, you know, to be honest, looking back at those last 10 meetings, I mean, the Dolphins seem like they're the same team. I mean, disappointment yep. all over. So I was going to say it when we were talking about Brissett and Tua, um, but I, maybe I should say it now. I don't know if Tua was out there. I don't know if, you know, if, if Tua could even go, I don't know if it'd really make a difference because the Baltimore Ravens, again, are just on a whole nother level than the Miami Dolphins. And, you know, maybe back in January, maybe we thought a little differently or, you know, after some of those, the draft and, you know, some of those offseason moves, but um, to just sit back now, you know, midway through the year and just see how far apart these two teams are. Um, it just is a testament to how far the Dolphins have fallen, at least compared to how we thought they'd be heading into this season. If you think back, Brian Flores first played against the Ravens in 2019. It was actually it was actually opening day, Josh, of the tanking year. Gross. Uh, Lamar Jackson had a perfect passer rating in that game. And, you know, the offense is running the same way. And this is kind of a lazy take, but I think somewhere to start this conversation, man, is. The Dolphins kind of contained Tyrod Taylor pretty well on Sunday. Maybe they should try to do that. And I think the biggest key when you're facing this offense is, are we going to see guys like Emmanuel Agba and Jalen Phillips on skates running by someone like Lamar Jackson? Or is it going to, are they going to have, um, are they going to be able to kind of keep him in the pocket, contain, stay in their lanes in order to make sure that he doesn't rip off these runs where, you know, Jackson is averaging, I think it's 5.7 uh, yards per carry a week ago. Cause this is a quarterback man who can do a bit of everything. The Ravens have scored 30 points uh, four times this year. And the Miami dolphins have a season high of 28 points, which they reached twice. So Ben, how do you really think this team is going to try to slow down Lamar Jackson? I mean, you have someone like Jerome Baker who can spy quarterbacks, or is it really just going to be about those defensive ends being able to contain those edges and keep Lamar limited to the passing game? I think you kind of threw out the recipe there. I mean, we got to do what they did last week against Houston and just attack the quarterback. I think they blitzed, what was it, 50% or more of their passes. I mean, they got to Tyrod Taylor, but let's be honest, Lamar Jackson's a completely different player. I mean, he's a legit stud. Over his last three games, Baltimore's quarterback has completed 61.62% of his passes for 690 yards, five touchdowns, and four interceptions. 
He's been sacked 11 times, Jake. But to me, the thing that stands out is the 41 rushing attempts for 259 yards during that three-game span. They're 2-1 and one over that time. But, I mean, that is that not why Lamar Jackson is just so dangerous of a player? I mean, we all remember Michael Vick. We all remember what he could do with his legs as well as his arm. I mean, Lamar Jackson has developed into a legit passer over these last few seasons. And when you couple that with just his ability to run the football, I mean, you look at what Baltimore's doing. They're averaging 161 yards per game. They're the number one rushing team in football. Counter that, Miami is dead last at, at with 75.1 yards per game. So um, they got to stop him, Jake. They got to attack him. And you mentioned Jalen Phillips. You mentioned Emmanuel Agba. Them closing down that pocket and, you know, just forcing Lamar Jackson to make some of those throws that he's not accustomed to, that's going to go a long way. But, I mean, I just don't know how you can stop Lamar Jackson for a full four quarters. But let's hope Brian Flores has the answer. Yeah, in 2019 and what the Dolphins did last week, I think they blitzed the Texans on 55% of plays, something up. Somewhere around there, I think it was. And week one, 2019, Josh, this was a team that kind of forced Lamar Jackson to make plays through the air. And it was kind of like Hollywood Brown's like arrival on the big stage where he had that monster performance. And Josh, that's how teams are trying to beat the Ravens again this year. Uh, But it is a double-sided sword when you are going to try to blitz a team like the Ravens because they have 44 plays that gain at least 20 yards. Uh, That's the second highest in the league. The Raiders have one more. But man, this is a team that can strike deep 36 passing plays of 20 yards or more. That's insane when you think about how hard it is for the Miami Dolphins to move the football. Plus you add in eight rushing attempts of over 20 plus yards. And man, this is like, it's, it's Lamar Jackson and you kind of see what the dolphins have. And you again are scratching your head on how the running attack can be this bad when the, you know, the Ravens did pay up for a running back. He's on injured reserve. And this is a running attack brought to you by Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Freeman, Latavius Murray and Tyson Williams. I mean, this is kind of where you get into the nitty gritty of where you don't need to value the running back position compared to, investing in the running back position because the Ravens have no problem bringing in six, seven, eight guys. And, and like we talked about on Monday, Josh, the dolphins are using some of the same guys that were on this team when Ryan Fitzpatrick led the league and led the team in in rushing uh, two years ago. Yeah, and I don't want to make this about, you know, fire Brian Flores, but isn't that testament to what Greg Roman's done there offensively? I mean, he built that entire offense, you know, to fit what Lamar Jackson could do. I mean, we all remember all the rumblings and all the critiques, you know, surrounding Lamar Jackson. Some people wanted him to move to running back. I mean, they built this offense around him. So, you know, when the Dolphins may be looking for a head coach down the road, maybe that's the first place they look, Jake. But I mean, they're averaging over 400 yards per game. And you mentioned it, you know, it doesn't matter who's at running back. You know, they got Marquise Brown looking like the legit superstar that he is. And, uh, I wanted to make sure we brought him up because, you know, the Dolphins have definitely went against some of those explosive receivers and some of those big play threats. But I mean, Hollywood Brown's just a whole different dynamic. He's caught 46 of 69 targets this year, 682 yards and already has six touchdowns. I mean, I think it was Detroit. He dropped a bunch. I was going to say, I think it was Detroit. He (laughs) might've dropped some. So, I mean, I know that the Dolphins have two very good corners, but I mean, to combat speed like that, I mean, you got to hope that Javon Holland's creeping around in the back because I mean, um, you know, this is an explosive offense, whether it's Hollywood Brown, whether it's, you know, Sammy Watkins is still lingering around, whether it's Mark Andrews. I mean, we all love Mike Kosicki, but Mark Andrews is a certain certified studs. So they're going to get theirs. We just hope that the Dolphins somehow can make enough plays defensively. And then again, on offense, I, I don't know what they're going to do there, man. It's a trio on the, for the passing tech of the, um, 
Baltimore Ravens, Josh, when you really think about it, last week they had uh, Mark Andrews, the tight end you mentioned, um, Hollywood Brown, and Rashad Bateman, who was just getting back into the rhythm, uh, coming off an injury. I believe he was their first-round pick this year. They, all three of them, averaged around 10 targets over the last two games. So I think that's something to keep in mind, Josh. And, you know, you mentioned the cornerback versus the receiver battle, and you look back to last week, obviously, Brandon Cooks uh, on the Houston Texans. Outside of that, the team doesn't really have too, too much. I mean, Danny Amendola, I, I saw it running at some routes out there for them. So that kind of tells you everything you need to know. Only Nick Needham allowed more than 30 yards in coverage last week for the Miami Dolphins. Tyrod Taylor had three interceptions last week. Lamar Jackson was intercepted twice last week, Josh. And Lamar Jackson is on average is sacked three times or so on every single game. And the offense is still incredible. So that's kind of. So Jake, it sounds like you're that Jim Carrey, you know, so you're saying it's a chance because it does sound like, you know, maybe just maybe if everything kind of, you know, lines up correctly, the Dolphins might have a chance here. But uh, I just I just don't know again, Jake, how this defense I mean, who do you spy against Lamar Jackson? I guess that would be the biggest thing. Who do you have, you know, kind of sit back and and, you know, spy and shadow where he's going? I mean, to me, the first thing that sticks out is we want to see more of those stunts that we've seen in previous weeks. We want to see more of Brandon Jones coming off the edge or Javon Holland. I mean, those are those guys that you see what they can do when they when they get a chance to make an impact, whether it's against the runner in the passing game. I want to see more of them, but I don't know, man. Lamar Jackson's a whole different monster of a quarterback, and um, they got to come and be ready to play on a short week. It's going to be scary. Yeah, Josh, especially when you blitz someone like Lamar Jackson, if you end up running by him, it means there's one less defender in front of him, keeping him you know, away from a big gain. So that's something to keep in mind, too, when we think about how much the Dolphins want to blitz. I really think it's going to come down to these turnover uh, possibilities that the Dolphins can have. I mean, this is an offensive line you can get behind you you can find some little holes to kind of break through Miami's defensive line was fantastic last week from top to bottom so I mean Josh if you can turn two of those sacks you know into fumbles and the Dolphins get those back and you know Lamar Jackson has an interception because he does average roughly one a game I mean that is how you get this game going but on the other side man if the Dolphins are getting turnovers they need to score points off of that today's episode is brought to you by cars.com With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. And when you're speaking about the offense, we have to talk about this run game and just how dreadful it's been. I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, you know, they're averaging 75.1 yards per game. That's the worst in the NFL. And, you know, at the beginning of the season, we could sit here and say they weren't allowing the run game to, you know, get in a rhythm or they weren't, you know, giving them opportunities. But we've seen opportunities mm-hmm. over the last few weeks. I mean, we mentioned a stat line in that last po- in the last podcast is what, 20 rushes for 34 yards or something like that for Miles Gaskin. I mean, it, his best, pel- the biggest play was that Wildcat. So I, I don't know, but they need to be able to at least establish the run because if you're not getting those first downs, if you're not, you know, sustaining drives, Lamar Jackson's just back on the field. And I mean, that's just how this game can yeah. go out of control real quickly. So, I mean, we know the offensive line's dreadful. We know how good the Baltimore Ravens front is. Uh, the Dolphins got to step up. And I mean, it sucks that we're saying this in week 10, you know, it's now time for this offensive line to step up and show something, but they have to. And, you know, Brian Flores did mention they were working on some things throughout the week. You know, maybe eventually we see Robert Hunter right tackle. You know, maybe we see Eichenberg move around, Solomon Kinley back in the lineup, whatever it might be. But if they want to have any chance against the Baltimore Ravens, they got to establish the run. And that starts with Miles Gaskin and that offensive line up front. 
Josh, Jacoby Brissett was night and day when it comes to passing the ball in a clean pocket compared to the times he was being blitzed. Josh, when he was in a clean pocket, he completed 75% of passes, and that included 14 throws that went for first downs. And you see that he finished with the completion percentage under 50%. That kind of tells you how much he struggled against the blitz. And Josh, you look at how the Miami Dolphins fared on Sunday. Matt Collins was heavily involved. Durham Smythe was heavily involved. We know that Mike Gusecki, Jalen Waddle, that's 1A and 1B in terms of playmakers for the Miami Dolphins. We do also know that Preston Williams is going to be on the field Thursday night. Is this finally going to be the time? This opportunity is up for grabs to become one of those uh, pillars of the offense. Maybe not this year, but especially moving forward, especially when the Miami Dolphins are going to have a lot of turnover going into next year. Can this be the start of, you know, the Preston Williams revenge tour? No, you are, you are not setting me up for that. <laughs> you are not setting me up to get hyped up again. I, I mean, I would love it. It sounds great. And I mean, we mentioned it, you know, previous part. I mean, I was stoked on Preston Williams heading into the year, but whether it's injury, you know, now he has these disciplinary reasons. I mean, we would love them go out there and fit right in there to what Devontae Parker did and be that physical presence on the outside. But um, Jake, you're not setting me up for that one. I'm going to say no. I think there might be a better <laughs> chance that we see that Albert Wilson that looked like a video game in, in training camp that we heard so much about that's, you know, as real as the – tooth fairy than maybe Preston Williams finally having his breakout game. He definitely isn't having a promising start to the season. He has caught just five of his 12 targets on the year. Uh, Josh, that means Jalen Waddle, Mike Kosicki. These have been the two guys who have been consistent uh, from start to finish. Waddle leads the team in both targets and reception. Kosicki, he's attacking farther down the field. He has a team high 529 receiving yards. Uh, Waddle too, man. We could tell earlier in the season, uh, this has been a, developmental process breaking news you know the dolphins are developing their first round rookies where waddle is you know grown every each and every week because when you think of the fact that you know he is a couple of yards behind gasecki in terms of receiving yards so you think back to when the you know the games he was averaging five yards of reception uh situations like that that number has doubled he's up to 10 yards per reception and he's been one of the best receivers at moving the football but josh there needs to be someone to step up and really help these two uh get the chains moving it can't just be them. And I mean, last year we made the excuse that, you know, Tua didn't have the right arsenal. You know, now you can make the same excuse for Jacoby or whoever's out there. You know, this arsenal looks, I don't want to say worse because no it has Jalen Waddle. Yeah, but it does not look very good. I do have to throw this out there because I made a video. I did the cut up. Jalen Waddle led the team last week with eight receptions for 83 yards versus Houston through nine games. Waddle has 56 receptions for 496 yards and three touchdowns. Waddle needs 29 catches to break Jarvis Landry's rookie record, which is 84 and 388 yards to break Chris Chambers' rookie record of 883 yards. So I had to throw that out there. Um, I guess that was a long wind away saying Jalen Waddle is a superstar. You know, I don't know if the Dolphins are necessarily using him right. You know, you throw out some of those statistics and a lot of people say that he's basically just Jarvis Landry. And when you looked at the college tape, he was more than that. You know, I said he had like that yep. Sonic the Hedgehog second gear to take the top off the of defense and we've yet to see it. And, you know, I don't want to throw Tua under the bus. You don't want to throw Jacoby under the bus, but maybe these quarterbacks just can't take advantage of that deep speed. And, um, you know, maybe we won't see that element of his game until a quarterback comes along that can, but you definitely want to see someone else step up, whether it's Preston Williams, Albert Wilson, like we continue to hear, or, you know, maybe even Matt Collins again, because he did have that awesome touchdown last week, Jake. And I can't stop thinking about throughout training camp, how some of these teams said that they had the game plan for him and how he was this mismatch <laughs> nightmare in training camp. I mean, I cannot get that thought out of my head. Josh, let's wrap it up here. The Dolphins are averaging 17 points per game. That's 28th in the NFL. And I don't think this running game is going to get any better. I don't think it's going to be any better next year. That's kind of where I am with that unit. Uh, and additionally, Josh, the Ravens are 31st against the pass. And 
you kind of see the path. I'm not saying the Dolphins are going to come in and win this game on Thursday. It is a short week. They are at home. They are coming off their second win of the season. So, Josh, give me your predictions. How do you think this game is going to go? And and let's mix it up a a little bit because we know what playmakers are going to be successful for the Miami Dolphins. So we're going to cross off Jalen Waddle. We're going to cross off Mike Kosicki. Is there anybody else you would ever think about playing in terms of fantasy? Jason Sanders, the defense, whatever it may be. All right, I'm going to have to wait on that one because I don't know the answer, but I'm going to have this game going 31-17 Ravens. I mean, I'd love to come on here and say the Dolphins find a way to win this. I'd love to say, oh, if Tua starts, you know, this is going to be that game that turns everything around, but I'm not going to bullshit you. I mean, what we've had, you know, as far as success against this Baltimore Ravens team, I mean, we know this team has legit superstars on. I mean, Lamar Jackson is a once-in-a-generation type player, and I think, you know, no matter what the Dolphins' defense tries to do, he's going to find a way to overcome it. So I'm going to go 31-17. Hope I'm wrong. Hope this is the game they pull themselves out of mediocrity. And again, we'd be what now? Three and seven. I mean, we're right on pace to go 10 and seven. Jake can slip right into the playoffs. Um, but I'm going to go 31. All coming together. I'm going to go 31, 17. And we do have to throw out the we do have to throw out the DraftKings sports. They have the Miami Dolphins as 7.5 underdogs and the over under set at 46.5, Jake. So give me your thoughts on this game. My initial thoughts, Josh, is because the Ravens are 31st against the pass and the Dolphins are averaging 17 points per game, I'm going to go ahead and say that is where you came up with your final score. I'm going to call you out right on the spot. I, I wish I wish I put that much. <laughs> I wish I was that smart to put two and two together. Yes, that's what I did. No, that, Josh, I think this is going to be a game where you look at uh, turnover battles, right? The Dolphins had a brutal one on Sunday where they actually turned the ball over more than the Houston Texans. And, you know, it was three fumbles. You could say that those are inconsistent. Hopefully the Dolphins can clean those up. Uh, But I think the Dolphins are going to maybe create a couple of turnovers on the defensive side of the football. But on the flip side of that coin, Josh, I don't know how many points this offense can score. I don't know how many times this offense can get off the field by kicking the ball, right? You know, you hear the old saying, it's always a good drive when you end it by kicking field goal, extra point, even a punt is better than the interceptions, the fumbles the Miami Dolphins have been dealing with. Uh, I just don't think they can score 26, 16 for the Ravens. I think that's going to be how it goes down. Um, Maybe the Dolphins make it a game early, but I mean, that Ravens rushing attack is going to just begin running wild. If the Dolphins can't get off the field, especially on defense. That's how I see it. And I was going to ask you, do we really want this to be a, a battle of field goals? Cause they got the greatest kicker in all of football. And we have Jason Sanders, who at this point, I mean, every time he marches out there, you're Brutal. just shaking or you can flip a coin on whether or not it's going to go through. So how cool would it be if he, you know, went out there and outmatched uh, Justin Tucker and became, you know, that, yeah, I don't know. What I'm talking about. <laughs> Never mind. That, that'd be the confidence boost this team needs though, man. I was reading a bunch of quotes that no matter how bad the Texans were, this win meant a lot for the team. So who knows? Maybe that's the momentum. Maybe that's the mentality they need to start pushing. You get a turnover early. Who knows? But Josh, that is all the time we have. Thank you guys so much for joining us as you do each and every show. We greatly appreciate it. Josh can be found on Twitter at H-U-T-Z. I can be found at jmendel31, jmendel94, uh, j-m-e-n-d-e-l-94. Josh, I can already tell you're rolling your eyes at me for getting that one wrong. Uh, you can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get groovy with podcasts, you can find us there. And like Jake mentioned, guys, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us the reviews if you like what you're listening to. It's going to be a long, long game against the Baltimore Ravens. I think Jalen Phillips said it best when he said he's going to be running a lot because he's going one-on-one with Lamar Jackson. Enjoy the game, guys. Thursday night football. Hopefully the Miami Dolphins will be wearing their throwbacks for SB Nation's Finsider Radio, the Jake and Josh Show. I'm Josh Houts. That's Jake Mendel. We'll talk to you next time. 
Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins.